What's up, guys? This is Clay Chastain, College and Career Pastor at Rock Springs Church. We're so excited that you're joining with us this week. I hope you find some encouragement, some joy, and a little laughter along the way as we learn from God's Word together. Let's jump into what He has for us today. How's everybody doing tonight? Man, is anybody glad to be here besides me? Anybody at all? Listen, there is no better place to spend your Thursday than right here. And let me say this, if this is your first time here, I just want to say welcome, all right? We're so glad that you chose to join us tonight and uh, give up a little bit of your Thursday. Listen, God's doing great things on Thursdays, and this is a great place for you to be. And uh, would anybody agree besides me that Thursday nights is pretty incredible? And, um, and listen, each and every week we see new faces, and if you're new tonight, Listen, I, I just want you to know you are welcome and wanted here. We want you here in this place. We want you to feel like this is home. <laughs> I want you to feel so good about being here that you just automatically feel like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be every week. And so, um, so you'll come back and join us. But God's growing this ministry. Listen, this ministry started two years ago in 2019. Um, started out with um, uh, a couple of people without this ministry starting to lead and getting it moving in the right direction and God allowed me to come along and be a part of that and um, just a year ago in January we was averaging like 35 people and um, God just each week is just doing great things and so um, you need to be a part of this we all need this we all need the fellowship of the body of Christ. We all need encouragement. We all need... Listen, every one of us in this room is a mess. Every one of us. I'm telling you, man, me, I, I'll stand at the front of the line. I'm telling you, man, it, it, without Jesus, I'm nothing. He is my hope. He is my salvation. He is my life. He is the reason for living. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, listen, if you're here, I hope you find a place where you find Him. And then you find a body that loves on you and encourages you. Because we all need it. Man, our world's crazy. Amen? Our world's crazy. And we're going through crazy days. And, and I just want you to understand this. That no matter what's going on in this life, God's in control. God has you. God, listen, if you, if you are a child of God, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. And he has you. And I, and I just want you to understand tonight, listen, if you're here with us, man, God's doing great things. We want you to be a part. And let me just go ahead and make a plug for next week. Next week's going to be our summer kickoff, all right? And so we're going to be um, having all kinds of event-type things outside. Uh, we got a food truck uh, or multiple food trucks that's going to be here. So bring your money next week. Don't eat before you come because you can buy food here. I think um, Piggy Park's one of the ones that will be here. We're going to have stuff like, um, how do you say it? Kiona, Kiona Ice? How do you say it? There, there you go, Kiona. Did I say it right? Like Fiona? Like Fiona? <laughs> Kiona Ice. So be here next week. we got different kind of crazy stuff going on. And um, I just want you to understand, uh, we want you here. But invite somebody with you, all right? Invite somebody with you. Listen, I would love to see that wall come down. 
I would love to see that wall come down next week because we have so many people in this room that we won't fit. So invite somebody with you. Be here. Come ready to have a great time. And next week's just going to be out of this world. So um, next week we're making a little plug on that. Right now, what we're doing is we're in the middle of a series on 1 John. On 1 John. And um, as we're talking about this series, listen, before I go into this, I just want to pray real quick over God's Word. Because this is so important. It's, listen, me standing up here, if all you hear is me, you're not hearing anything. I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't hear what God has to tell you, then you missed it. I missed it. And so tonight, I just want to ask the Lord to just speak and um, Lord to teach us tonight. So let's pray, okay? Father, I praise you. I thank you for your word. It is your word. It's exactly what you have to incite and to direct and to guide into this life. And Father, without your word, Lord, we'd be lost. So Father, tonight, I just ask you to use me. Lord, uh, without you, I'm nothing. And Father, tonight, I pray you speak. You speak in the hearts of your people. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Oh, come on. Y'all know I like response. You ain't been here before. I like response. So all God's people said? Yeah. That's, a, that's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. Now, here's the thing. All right. Out of 1 John chapter 3. Now, listen. Several years ago, I was a banker. All right. Several years ago, I was working, I was, I was working at a bank, First National Bank of Griffin. Uh, anybody in here work at a bank or working at a bank or worked at a bank before or anything like that? I know you do. I know you do, man. Now, here, now here's the thing, all right? Um, I was going to school. I was starting in the ministry. I'd just gotten married. And I was working at the bank. So my life was just totally full of, of this stuff. Now, here's the thing. I, I always thought it'd be just cool to work at the bank. I always felt like if I worked at the bank, I'd always be around money. And if I was always around money, maybe I could earn some. You know what I'm saying? Now, we all need a little bit more money. Amen. <laughs> we, we all need a little bit more money. So here's the thing. It, I was learning to be a teller. And as I was learning to be a teller, I remember when they were training me and stuff like that, they talked about counterfeit money that comes through the system. All right? Now, here's the thing. This, is very, this was very interesting to me because I thought they would maybe show me counterfeit bills and they would show me you know how people tried to slip it on the system and pass it by and do all those kind of things but that's not what they trained me what they trained me to do was to know money so well that anytime something false came I was able to know what it was now here's the thing see if I know it so well it, so what we did was we just handled money all right so you kind of learn what it feels like. You kind of learn the, the way the paper is. You, li listen, I didn't even have to look at a bill, and I could tell you what was a bill. And um, I, there was only one time in my time when I was at the bank when one thing came through that, that felt like it just wasn't right. And um, I took it to my head teller. My head teller ran it through the system. And here's the thing. Don't pass fake money, because I promise you this, if you pass fake money, if you ever go to the bank with it, they won't return it. So if you think you got, look, this is what's sad. 
I could say I paid you for something and I paid you $100, but one of those 20s was fake. If you went to the bank with that money, what's going to happen is they're going to take that, they're going to confiscate that $20 bill from you because they, they got to get it out of the system. And so the thing is, is we learned what the, real th what the real thing was so that we would understand what the fake thing was. Now listen to me tonight. As we look at 1 John, what we're talking about is the evidence of light. What does that look like? What is that supposed to be? So if my faith is supposed to look like Jesus Christ, what does that look like? So kind of, let's go back two weeks ago to where Zach spoke. And this is kind of a key verse that I want, I'm kicking each week through this system. 1 John chapter 1, 5-7 to seven says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is, say it. God is light. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And listen to this, man. I learned this verse a long time ago. Um, my brother sent it to me. I was a teenage student. My brother's eight years older than I am. And he was up at Belmont College. And he used to write me encouraging um, postcards. And so, or index cards. I guess is probably a better way to say it. And he would always challenge me to memorize scripture. And this scripture right here is one of the scriptures. I'll never forget him giving it to me. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in the darkness, we lie. And do not live out the truth. Now listen to me tonight. Let me finish the statement. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now listen. I want you all to understand something. Can light and darkness exist in the same place? No, it can't. And here's the thing. If you've had an encounter with God, if God has changed your life, listen, if you have met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who created all things, if you have met him, listen, you will not be the same. You'll not be the same. There'll be differences. There'll be things that happen in your life. And last week, what we did was we kind of talked about the evidence, three evidences of light. We submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We seek the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. And we share that love of Jesus Christ. And see, here's the thing. Over the years, I've seen so many people that kind of balance on whether they know the Lord or they don't know the Lord or they pray to prayer or they go to church or they do all these things. And I want you all to understand clearly. The Word of God is not that hard to understand if we will listen to it, if we will follow it. And so this scripture right here that I'm about to give you out of 1 John chapter 3 is a scripture that when I first read this as, a, as an 18-year-old, I'll never forget the impact that it had on me. Actually, it kind of messed me up. Actually, it kind of wrecked me a little bit. Actually, it made me do a lot of questioning. It made me do a lot of, all right, God, what does this truly mean for me? Now, listen to what it says. 1 John 3, 6 and verse 9. It says, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. All right. All right. Now, I've already thrown a curveball your way. All right. Because you're probably sitting there and you're probably thinking to yourself, I've sinned maybe this week or today. All right. Probably today at some point, somewhere along the way, over the past week, I have sinned. And I know Jesus. All right? 
Some of you in here saying, I'm a child of the king and I still do this. But listen to it. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who lives in the light. No one who lives in the light walks in the darkness. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Now, man, this wrecked me. You want to know why? Because on October 22nd of 1984, I was a 14-year-old middle school student who prayed to receive Christ into my life. My grandmother had just passed away, and in my life, I was seeking answers to life and death. And so I was kind of questioning, you know, whether I, whether I was saved or not. And I had an encounter with God that saved me. Well, here I am, 18, and I'm, I'm finally digging into the Word of God a little bit. And I'm trying to figure out this path that God's called me on. And I read this, and I think over the last four years, I've screwed up a lot. All right? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does this really, really, truly mean? See, listen, if you live right, you live in the light. If you live right, you live in the light. Now, here's the thing. If you walk in total darkness, can you see where you're going? No, you can't. If you walk in total darkness, now I'm not talking about the moon being bright outside. Y'all ever been out when the moon's full? Is that not cool? You can still see kind of your shadow, your eyes adjust, you can kind of see it. I'm talking about when it's totally dark. I remember um, a couple of years ago walking through a, a, a scary house on, um, what's it called? Halloween. And I remember walking through there and we came up to the point of where um, you had to go through this hallway that, listen, it was pitch black dark. And what's the point of the darkness? What is the point of the darkness? So they'll scare the crap out of you. That's what it is. They want to scare you. And here's the thing. The, the way that they do that is so that you don't know what's coming when it's coming, where it's coming from, and here's the thing our enemy does. He wants to keep you in the dark so you don't know when it's coming, where it's coming, and how it's coming. He wants to keep you in the dark. But see, here's the thing. I struggled with this verse because I knew in my own walk that I was not perfect. I was not perfect. Now, Jesus is the only one who's lived this life perfectly. Now, tonight... I want to help you to understand what this passage means. Because, see, there is a clear, total importance for you to understand. Look, we should not continue in sin. Don't miss this point. This is a driving point for the whole night. The whole night. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. So here's the point. You and I, if we say we're saved, if we say we're believers, if we say we're a child of the king, we should not be sinning. Now, what does that totally, completely mean? Now, why do people continue in sin? I want to give you three reasons out of 1 John chapter 3 why I believe we continue to sin. Here's the first one. Wrong practice. Wrong practice. 1 John 3, 4 says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, Sin is lawlessness. Now, let me ask y'all a question. Why does law exist? I mean, just think about it. Not just spiritually, but think about law. When y'all was driving to church tonight, were there certain laws that you had to abide by? Yes. 
should be called a speed limit, should be called stop signs, should be whatever it's called. Now here's the thing. Why do they have those laws in place? Keep us safe. You're exactly right, beast. The thing is, is this. Laws are in place. Listen, when God created everything, and God created it all. Go back and look at Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, there was God. And God created everything that you know. Now listen, when he created everything, he created it with law. There were certain things. Listen, moral law, man, and, and physical law this, in this world. Listen, one law that is a guarantee that you'll know what it is. All right, the law of gravity. What does that mean? If it goes up, it's coming down, right? All right. So here's the thing. If I step up there on the stage and I decide I'm going to step off the stage, am I going to stay at the same height I was when I walked off? Why? Because of the law of gravity. So the law of gravity is, is if we step, out, step off, we're going down. All right? You throw a ball up in the air, what's going to happen? It's going to come back down. That's the law of gravity. And our world was created with law. And the reason it was created with law, listen, first of all, by God, he created it. And the reason why is because it is good for you to understand what should be happening. Why is it there? To protect you. Listen, Saturday, Saturday night, um, we were coming back from um, my daughter's graduation. Abigail graduated from UGA Saturday. And so proud of her, um, two degrees, um, about to go into law school, getting married in just a few weeks, man, big steps along the way, and uh, we're, we're there, all right? Now, here's the thing. My youngest daughter was following us in a, in a pickup truck with her boyfriend because we had a little bit of, we had too many people to fit in the car, so there was two cars coming home that night. So about 10.35, we start our way coming home from Athens on Saturday night and all the way up now listen I am so glad that my daughter's boyfriend tries to drive safely all right but there was numerous times on the way up there that I remember this listen there were numerous times I'm going Eli man dude you got to keep up with me man I'd get out so far out front of him I had to slow way down way down and I, I mean, I'm driving 35, I should be driving 60, you know. And, I, and I'm like, just so he can catch up. Then he catches up to me, we get going good, and then next thing you know, he's done drifted on back. I have to slow down, Eli catches up. This has happened all the way up there. Now listen, about 10 minutes into the drive back home, now it's nighttime, all right? It was daytime when we went up. Now nighttime, coming back home, about 10 minutes into the trip, we had stopped by the store. The store was closed. And I said, we'll, get, we'll stop at the store on down the way and get something to drink, maybe a snack on the way home. Well, we're coming up to this little T, T section in the road. It's kind of a curve. It kind of comes around. There's a little gas station on the right right there. And we're coming up. And I just remember a bunch of cars kind of being in the area. But all I remember is I'm just headed home. So there ain't really a whole lot on my brain other than let's get to the house. It's late. So I'm driving, I'm going somewhere between 55, 60 miles an hour. I come through the intersection, there's this truck that's facing me, that's waiting to turn, all right? 
If I recall everything correctly, I think there was another vehicle that was coming. It was kind of going around them as as we were coming this way. There was another vehicle that was coming out in the T, sitting at the stop sign waiting on us. And as I went through the T and I started along the, the curve in the road, I didn't see Eli's lights anymore. And I remember thinking, this was the first words out of my mouth. Eli, boy, I've got to get home. It is late tonight. I've got to be at church in the morning. And I'm thinking, you've got to keep up with me, son. And as I thought that thought, my phone rang. And it was Anna, my youngest. And she said, we just hit somebody. Now, here's the thing. As a father, as a father, every thought in my mind went off, Right? So I'm thinking, okay, you okay? That was my first thing. Are y'all okay? She said, yes, sir. I said, I'm whipping around. I'll be right there. So I whipped it around, went back there. And what had happened was the guy that I passed in the turn lane that was going to turn thought he could make it in between us. Now, remember, Eli's been kind of trailing me a little bit. And I'm trying to keep, you know, keep it slow enough to where he keeps up with me. But all of a sudden, I lose his lights. And I'm thinking, where the heck did he go? And I remember thinking, you know, I, I felt kind of bad a little bit because I felt like, okay, I, I, he should be with me. And then all of a sudden, he's in, there in an accident. Total both vehicles. My, they came out with one scratch, all right? Eli got scratched on the arm right here, kind of whelped up a little bit. I think it was the airbags that deployed. Um, but here, here's the thing. I, I just remember thinking... Man, all of a sudden it went from light and it went dark. And what the enemy wants to do is this. He wants to keep us in the dark. And he wants to take us down the paths that we don't understand what is right. And we get confused when we get messed up. And in our sin, we think, man, where am I going in this thing? Now, here's the, what is the problem? What we do is not the problem. What you do is not the problem. It's who you are. That's the problem. See, do y'all understand the Bible says that all of us have sin? All of us come short of the glory of God? Every single one of us is messed up. So in this room tonight, 100% of everybody that's in this room, we've screwed up. We've messed up. We're still messing up. But here's the thing. We all need a Savior. And what it says here in this passage, I remember thinking... Man, how in the world, if I know Jesus as my Savior and He tells me I'm not going to sin if I know Him, it's not matching up in my life. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you this. It's because I choose the wrong way. I choose the wrong path. It's not what I'm doing. It's who I am. I continuously battle with the flesh that's going on inside of me. Now, listen to me. When He's talking about this... Here's the thing. Once you're saved, do you ever mess up again? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Of course you do. Why? Because we're not perfect. So when God's talking about this right here, He's not saying that you're going to be perfect. But there is a clear, clear difference in someone who comes to know Christ. Because listen, the one who truly knows Him doesn't practice a lifestyle of sin. They don't it's not a habit. 
It's not something that I'm going to go. I wake up in the day and I'm going to go. This is going to be something I'm going to make a part of my life every single day. I'm working to get better on it. You want to know when I got saved, I used to cuss a lot. Well, you want to know what happened to me? I thought, okay, here's the thing. I should be different. So what did I do? I started to try to not cuss like I used to. So what, do y'all think I ever cussed again? Yes. And matter of fact, it goes through my mind still on occasion when somebody does something stupid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's the thing. That shouldn't be a practice of me. I should be different. And if I habitually live in sin, if I practice it as part of my lifestyle, listen to me, and listen to me clearly. I don't know your salvation or not. I don't, but you do, and God does. And some of you sitting in here tonight are confused. Some of you are questioning. Some of you are doubting. And listen to me. This is where you get it right. If your lifestyle, you can live however you want to, you can act however you want to, you can do whatever you want to, and it don't bother you, I would be, I'd be doing some soul searching tonight. Listen to me. I'd be doing some soul searching tonight. Because listen to me. Every single time I've sinned in my life since I got saved, there is something different about me. There is something that's different about me. And when I sin, there is a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God himself, lives right here inside of me. I am the temple of God. And when I sin, I feel it. I feel it. And something goes off. and you want, It ain't just no mysterical thing. It is God himself going, Clay, you can do better than that. Clay... That's not what I called you to. Clay, I got something better for you. I got a purpose and a plan for your life. And here's the thing. When John writes this, and when he says, listen, if we know God, we don't continue in sin. He's talking about a lifestyle of it. A habitual process. He who can sin and it not have an effect on you, are you really, really saved? If you live unrepentantly, and carelessly, have you truly come to know the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let me tell you something. God's came to set you free. He's come to set you free. He's called you to abundant life. He's called you to something more. He's called you to something that I promise you, you will not be let down. I promise you, He will never forsake you. He will be by your side. I promise you, His way's the best way. I promise you, if you follow him, there's peace that comes. There's joy that comes into my life that I don't have when I'm not following him. Every time in my life that I've chosen to walk off the path, man, I feel, I feel terrible about it. And I want you all to understand, if we're walking this way, what he says is, listen, there ought to be something different about you. Listen, a group of teenagers were hanging out and decided they were going to go to a party. And one of the students asked if they would drop them off on the way home because their parents wouldn't approve of what was going on at the party. Well, one of the students, being sarcastic, said, What, are you afraid that your father's going to, going to get on to you? That, you're going to, that he's going to hurt you? And the girl said, No, 
I'm not afraid that my father will hurt me, but I am afraid that I might hurt him. Listen to me. If you are a child of our Heavenly Father, and I habitually do stuff that I know hurts him, how can I live a life of something I know that he hates? If he hates sin, listen, why would I participate in something that put him on the cross? Why would I participate in something that put the nails in his hand? Why would I participate in something that put the crown of thorns upon his head? This was one, the only perfect one. Jesus Christ and him alone is the only perfect one who ever walked this planet. He didn't deserve it. There was no reason for him to go to the cross except for your sin and for my sin. And when I choose to live in sin, I spit on the cross. He deserves more. He deserves better. He deserves my life. He gave his life for you and for me. And how are we going to live with it? How can I continue in sin? John says, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. If Jesus has saved me, he's changed me. And if he's changed me, he's living inside of me. And if he's living inside of me, I'm walking in the light, not in the darkness. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. So the first reason we sin is because of wrong practice. We choose to sin. But the second reason is wrong people. Listen to what John says. He says in verse 7, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. Do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is, is from where? The devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Don't miss this, guys. Listen to me. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. Let me tell you something. God's called us to go out there and be light in the darkness. God's called us to reach people for him. So we have to be around lost people. But I want y'all to understand, there's a distinct difference in me being in the world and me reaching the world. Don't miss this. Because if I'm in the world, I'm doing as the world does. But if I'm in Jesus Christ and I'm out in the world, I'm trying to reach people for him. There's a difference. There's a distinct difference. Children, he's talking to the Christian here. He wouldn't call you a child if you wasn't a part of the family. Do not let anyone lead you astray. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I'll never forget the first time I read this scripture as a teenage, teenage guy growing up. Bad company. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Listen to me. If you're hanging around a group of people, and I promise you, you're the only one that's the light. You ever been in a room that's dark and you light a candle? You ever been in there? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Is it bright? No, but you can see it, right? You can see it. It lights up its small area. But let me tell you something. The more darkness you're around, the less light there is. The more darkness you're around, the less light there is. See, God, let me tell you something. If you're going to walk in the light, you've got to get in the light. 
I need brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why I believe Thursday nights are so important for you. You need people that are walking the same path. You need people that are going to do it the right way. You need people that's going to encourage you. You need people that when you fall, they're going to reach down and pick you back up again. That's what it says in Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one. Why? Because they get a better return for their work. When one falls down, the other can help him back up. Let me tell you something. We need to put ourselves around light. When we put ourselves around light, man, it is a whole lot easier to walk in the light. A whole lot easier. I'll never forget, as, as a young guy growing up, I'd gone um, to football camp. And I didn't cuss when I went to football camp. But when I came back from football camp, y'all know what became a part of me? <laughs> a lot of it, too. Um, I'll never forget um, what my mom and dad wanted to do to me when I popped that first word out when I got back home. Listen, what you put yourself around, that's what you're going to become. What you put yourself in the middle of, that's what you're going to become. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffer harm. Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. If you're hanging around people who sin habitually, I promise you this. Listen to me. You hang around people who sin habitually, you will start to sin yourself. Just telling you. It, it, it's just part of the natural process. It's what's going to happen. What you're with is what you become. I promise you. But we should be different. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So not only do we have the wrong practice in our life, we have the wrong people in our life, but we have the wrong power in our life. Listen to this. In 1 John 3, 8 and 10, it says this. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now listen to this. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. This is how we know who the children, listen, you want to know, it's pretty simple right here. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Look at their life. Look at their life. You'll, listen, this convicts me every time I think about this because I'm thinking, all right, when people see me, are they seeing him? When people see me, are they seeing fruit? When they see me, are they seeing light? When they see me, what are they seeing? This is how you know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. Now understand this. Understand this. Before you come to know Christ, before you come to know Christ, you're dead. Before you come to know Christ, you're dead. Y'all ever seen... Um, Saving Private Ryan. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. If you hadn't, um, I believe I'm thinking of the right movie of where they're coming, they're unloading the ships on the beach. Is that the one? All right. Now let me ask you this. 
There's two types of people on that beach. As the men are coming off, as they're unloading, there's two types of people on that beach. You know who they are? They're the calm people and the one who are scared out of their mind. <laughs> they, they know that there's a chance that they could die, that they, that they could take the bullet. Now, here's the thing. You want to know who the calm ones are? They're the dead ones. They're the dead ones. Dead people don't, ain't worried about getting shot. Dead people ain't worried about getting bombed. Dead people ain't worried about what's going on around anything. Now I want y'all to understand something. Before we come to know Christ, we're dead. Listen to me. You want to know why the dead person can walk in the darkness and it not bother them? It's because they're dead. They're dead. The lost person can walk and do whatever they want to do. They can live however they want to live. They can go anywhere they want to go. They can do whatever comes to their mind. And the reason why is because they're dead. But listen to me. Once you've had an encounter with the Holy God, let me tell you something. You can't live that way and it not bother you. You can't live that way and it not bother you. And I'm just telling you. The biggest guilt I ever have in my life, listen, is when I know I intentionally walk against God. That's my biggest guilt. That's my biggest struggle. That's my biggest difficult moment. Listen to this. You must be born again. I ain't talking about praying a prayer. I'm talking about a total, complete surrender of your life to God himself. Listen, there are a lot of people who prayed the prayer. I shared this verse at a baccalaureate service the other night. But there is coming a day when we will all stand before God. And we will all give an account before Him. And there will be many, there will be many who stand before God and say, God, didn't we prophesy in Your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do miracles? And Jesus, the saddest verse in the Bible, God Himself looks and says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Many people are going to get it wrong. See, in this room, there could be some people that sit in this room that think they're going to get it right. They think they got the right answers. They think that when they get to heaven one day and they stand before God and go, I believed in Jesus. I prayed that prayer. I went to church. I, I owned a Bible. I even read it a couple of times. You think that's what's going to get you into heaven? You've missed it. You've missed it. It is a surrender and giving of your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He is the King. He's the one that reigns. He's the one in control. He's the one that we look to. And when it's a battle between my will and God's will, who wins? God wins. Because He saved me. And I said, you know what, God? I can't do this without you. I can't make it without you. Without you, I'm nothing. And I want y'all to understand, listen. If you're dead, you need to be born again. John 3, 1 through 3. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God. For no one 
could perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Unless they're born again. Now what that means is this. is Listen, if you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus, you're trying to live off the wrong power. There's only one power that will free you from sin. And that is Jesus himself. Jesus is the one that sets you free. Jesus is the one that gives you life. Jesus is the one who died for your sin. Jesus is the one that will help you to overcome. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you. He will empower you. He will guide you. He will do what we can't do. Your struggle against sin is one of the greatest assurances that you're alive. Your struggle against sin. Listen, don't miss this. Because if you're a Christian, you're trying to think and you're trying to go, you know what, am I saved or not? I sin, I mess up, I screw up, I know I do. Listen to me, I'm not trying to cause you to doubt. I'm trying not to cause you to doubt. Listen to this. Your struggle against sin is one of the greatest assurances that you're alive in Christ. Your struggle, don't miss this. Your struggle against sin is one of the great, it may be the greatest assurance that you know the Lord. Listen to me. Why? Because when I do mess up, I feel it. When I do mess up, I struggle with it. When I do mess up, I hear the Holy Spirit talk to me. When I do mess up, man, I know I shouldn't have done that. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, man, He changes you. Now listen, those who are dead in their sin and are not phased by their sin. I don't know if they know the Lord or not. Now listen to this. Three things that he gives us right here that he redeems us from. That helps us to overcome sin. If you with me, say, oh yeah. yeah. I'm going to fly through this. We're redeemed from the penalty of sin. 1 John 3, 5 says, But you know that he appeared so that you, he might take away our sins. Listen, we are redeemed from the penalty of sin. Why? Because what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. You don't have to pay that price. He paid that price. If you come to know him, he saved you. He came in. He redeemed you. Now here's the thing. I'm not the one that's going to pay for my sin. Jesus already did it. Praise God. Praise God. Let me tell you something. If our sins forgiven. Yes or no? No. Let me re-say that. Are sins forgiven? No. Now listen to me. Because here's what you think. Here's what most Christians think. We think sins are forgiven. They're not. They have to be paid for. And Jesus Christ paid for it. He saved me. He paid the price for my sin. Every failure I've ever made. Every failure I'm ever going to make. He paid the price for it. They have to be paid for. And they're either going to be paid for by you. Or they're going to be paid for by Jesus himself. If we know Jesus, he paid for our sin. He paid the ultimate price. He redeemed us from the penalty of it. 
Because it was put on the shoulders of Jesus when he was nailed on that cross. It was put on the price of his life when he died for you and for me. And we no longer have to, have to worry about whether I'm going to pay the price for that. All right, now let me rephrase it. Can a person be forgiven? Yes. But sins are not. Don't miss it. They have to be paid for. And they're either paid for by you in a place called hell. That was not made for you. It was made for the devil and his demons. The pit was not made for you. It was made because the devil, man, turned against God himself. And it was made for him. Because he chose another way. You don't have to choose that way. Jesus paid the price for your sin and for my sin. And we're redeemed because of that. Here's the second thing you're redeemed from. From the power of Satan. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God. Who's the Son of God? Everybody say it. Come on. Jesus is the Son of God. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And you want to know what that means? Sin is no longer my master. Go read Romans chapter 6 tonight. One of the best chapters in the Bible to me. Sin don't have to rule you anymore. Sin doesn't rule you if you're a child of the king. It don't. You don't have to give in to it. It's a choice. It is a choice that we choose to say yes to sin and no to God. God lives inside of us. Jesus Christ whipped Satan. Listen to me. He whipped him. He already won the war. The battle has been won. Your life has been redeemed. The enemy has been defeated. And you can live victorious. You don't have to live in sin. Yes, we'll still struggle with it. But you don't have to choose to say, that's the way I'm living. Because John says, a believer doesn't choose to go that way. Why? Because God's already redeemed him. He's already paid the price for his sins. He's already given him power. And listen to this. We're redeemed from the principle of self. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. 1 John 3, 9. Because God's seed remains in him. Because God planted himself inside of me. When I asked him to come in and be my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is in you. God walks with you. He guides you. He gives you light to your path. Because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. They've been born of God. And let me tell you this real quick, and I'm going to finish it out as the band starts to make their way around. Why we should live in the light? Because the Father loves you. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on you. Listen to me. Tonight, you might think, listen, man, God is not pleased with me. Listen to me. If you think that God hates you, that he's mad at you, that he's disappointed in you, you don't know my God. <laughs> man, I, my God loves you. 
For God so loved the world. You can put your name in there. For God so loved clay that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. What great love the Father lavished on you. The son, not only does the Father love you, the Son died for you. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So not only does the Father love you, not only did the Son die for you, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. 1 John 3, 9. The seed, listen, God's seed remains in them. And you and I tonight can walk the victorious life. You and I tonight don't have to choose sin. You and I tonight can live in the victory of what Jesus did for us. What God the Father did for you. What the Holy Spirit does inside of you. You can do it. You can do it. But listen, I want to go back to that first scripture. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. Thank you guys for joining us this week for the message. We believe that you are here for a purpose and we're excited to be with you on this journey with Christ. If you like this podcast, you can click to subscribe and share it with your friends. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at rs underscore college or click the link in the bio for our website. Have a great day.